0: As always, thank you for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about making life better through decluttering key areas of our home. You'll find more information and links to resources I mentioned in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com 203. Before we get started, I do want to say a quick announcement, a quick congratulations to the winner of our Productive Woman July milestone giveaway, Betsy Hayes. Her name was chosen earlier this month at random from those who entered, and a package of some of my very favorite things is en route to her as I'm recording this. She should actually already have it by the time you're listening. Most of what's in the box Uh, Are things I bought. They're all duplicates of things that I own and use and love. And many of them I've mentioned on the show. And most of them I bought myself. But I do want to say a quick special thank you to a couple of companies or people who contributed to this box. One of them is past sponsor, Middle David's Candles. They provided a set of their wonderful making light scented soy candles that I love so much that I use as part of my morning routine. Uh, and then a new sponsor that you haven't heard anything about yet, but will in the future, Bombus. They provided a couple pairs of their wonderful socks, which I use and, or wear and love. And they were willing to, to provide a couple for the giveaway. And then finally, premier jeweler Rachel Gordon generously provided a necklace that's a duplicate of one that I bought from her and wear almost daily. It's one of my favorite pieces of jewelry. And so she provided one for the giveaway box. So thank you to Middle Davids, to making uh, to Bombas, and to Rachel Gordon, premier jeweler, for providing items to go into the box. And thank you also to everybody who entered and, and really to everyone who makes the productive woman community such an encouragement and an inspiration to me. I really had fun doing this giveaway and I think I may do it again in the future. So, stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by this week's sponsors, Text Expander and Babbel. Text Expander is providing a 20% discount off your first year of their wonderful tool. Uh, If you go to textexpander.com slash podcast, be sure to choose the productive woman from their how did you hear about us question on the sign up sheet so they'll know that I sent you and I'll tell you a little more about text expander later. Also, Babbel, which is the number one selling language learning app in the world. Babbel teaches you a new language in a different way that actually helps you remember what you learn and begin speaking confidently. It's a very quick, fun, and efficient way to learn a language using Babbel. For me, the hardest part about learning a language is finding ways to practice both the, the new pronunciation, but also the vocabulary so it becomes second nature to me. And what I love about Babbel is that it provides lots of ways to do that practice. They have short lessons, maybe 10 to 15 minutes that I can fit into my day. And they use a variety of tools to reinforce what you're learning. So there are interactive dialogues where you talk back to the app and through voice recognition, it knows whether you've said the right word or the right answer. They offer various kinds of training exercises and quizzes. And I like the fact that if I miss an answer, maybe I get the gender wrong because one of the things that's different in many languages from English is that most nouns are either feminine or masculine. And it's you, you just have to remember which is which. And if I get it wrong, then the app gives me follow-up opportunities to try again. So I feel like when, in using babble, I am learning the vocabulary and the grammatical structure in an organic way, almost like I would learn it if I was growing up in a household where it was spoken. So I find myself remembering what I learned from one day to the next and advancing through the lessons. That will prepare me for everyday practical situations when I, you know, Mike and I make our trip to Europe. Things like ordering food, asking for directions, talking with and getting to know new friends, people that we meet there. So I'm really enjoying it. What I love also is that you can do the lessons either online or at at your computer or through an app on your tablet or smartphone. That makes it easy to do a lesson whenever a few minutes open up and they're, like I said, short, quick lessons that keep reinforcing what you're learning. So if you want to learn a new language or maybe brush up on something you've learned in the past, visit babble.com and be sure to use the offer code TPW to get 50% off your first three months. That's babble, dot com and offer code TPW for 50% off your first three months of the Babbel app. All right, so into our main topic for this episode. Maybe it's because here in the McClellan home, we are in the middle of a big transition, getting our youngest ready to go off to graduate school. But I've really been thinking a lot about all the stuff we accumulate over time. And by we, I mean the kind of the generic we. Um, helping him pack and decide what to take with him, what to leave behind, preparing to reorganize and re purpose and redecorate the bedrooms in our house after he's gone, has me taking a look at the stuff we have in these various rooms and thinking about why we have it, why we keep it. I find it really reinforcing for me the value of decluttering and of being intentional about the things we inquire and the things that we keep. So I thought I'd talk a little bit about this. We've talked about decluttering in the past, but it's been really quite a while since we did that. And so just as a reminder, you know, why should we think about decluttering? Uh, There are a number of, of reasons why our life will be better if we get rid of some of the clutter in our homes. There is the physical impact of clutter, the, the expense of maintaining and of cleaning too much stuff, and the expense of buying duplicates of things that you didn't know you had, or you, you thought you had it, but you couldn't find it because it's kind of lost in all the other stuff. The, the, the less stuff we have, the less of that we're going to deal with, and the less time we're going to spend cleaning, maintaining, sorting through all this stuff. Clutter is also hard on your health. I thought this was really interesting as I was preparing for this episode and doing a little bit of research. There are a number of articles that talk about the impact of clutter on our health. For instance, studies have found that cluttered environments cause our bodies to produce higher levels of cortisol, the stress hormone. So It's it causes stress to have to live in a cluttered environment or to work in a cluttered environment. One article said, uh, and I'm quoting here, if your home or office is filled with clutter, it will overload your brain with unimportant information and make it impossible for you to focus on the tasks you need to complete. The thing is that all that piled stuff simply overloads your senses as every single thing from that pile is competing for your attention. As a result. Your inability to concentrate will make you stressed and decrease your performance. This is an article or from an article called Why Mess Causes Stress, How Clutter Affects Your Brain. And it was a really interesting article. I will definitely have a link to that in the show notes. So clutter is hard on your health because it causes stress. It increases the stress in our life. And we've talked before about the impact of stress on our health. It also affects our health in that studies show that it makes us more likely to eat poorly. Um, One physician quoted in an article kind of ominously titled, 12 Surprising Ways Clutter Is Ruining Your Life. Quoted Dr. Eva Shaloub, who says, Clutter is stressful for the brain, so you're more likely to resort to coping mechanisms such as choosing comfort foods or overeating than if you spend time in neater surroundings. And this is based on uh, studies that have been done that people who are living and working in cluttered environments are more likely to choose junk food over healthy options. Thought that was kind of interesting, something to consider. Of course, we know that clutter impairs our productivity. We've talked about that in past episodes. The lost time looking for things, digging through stuff we don't want to find the stuff we do, Uh, it it just impairs our ability to be productive. So that same quote that I mentioned earlier from the Why Mess Causes Stress article talks about the fact that we are... uh, less able to concentrate and focus if we're in a cluttered environment. So that's affecting our productivity. There's also the emotional impact of clutter. Uh, We can't enjoy our space or the things we have if our space is filled with too much stuff. There was a study done in 2016 by uh, University of New Mexico's Catherine Roster and some of her colleagues that examined how clutter compromises a person's perception of home, and ultimately uh, the person's uh, feelings of satisfaction with life in general, and and this article that I read said that the underlying premise of the study was that because many people identify so closely with their home environments, the ex- extent to which it's cluttered can interfere with the pleasure they experience when being in that environment. The study found that, and I'm quoting here, having too many of your things in too small a place will lead you to feel that your home environment is your enemy, not your friend. So, you know, it there there's that emotional impact on us that our home feels less like a refuge and more like a a stress producer if it's too cluttered. So those are just some of the reasons we've talked about before, and I'll put links in the show notes to some episodes where we've talked about this in more depth, but some quick tips and tools for decluttering, and then we'll talk about some specific spaces we might want to consider decluttering. Uh, So first of all, The tips and the tools, I guess. for Make the process easy for yourself. I recommend that you gather some boxes and trash bags, have those handy, keep one in each room that you want to declutter so that you can easily toss items in when you come across something you're willing to part with. So even before you start an actual focused effort to declutter a particular space, simply having a box and a trash can in that room that you can easily toss things into if you come across say I keep one in my kitchen and so when i realize you know this is a there's a this pan at the back of the cupboard that i haven't used in forever i have no use for it i'm not going to cook this thing you know whatever thing it gets that gets cooked in this pan i'm going to toss it in there or if i've got a, a set of glasses and i only have 3 of them left uh, why not donate those to someone who can maybe enjoy them to complete their set. And I've got other glasses that I can use, but it makes it easy if you've got the box right there and you can just pop it into the box. That way you can make it an ongoing process, I guess, decluttering. Also gather up all your empty hangers so that as you find clothes in various places that you do want to keep, you can quickly hang them up. You've got, you know, the supplies handy. Keep Keep a cleaning caddy handy with the cleaning supplies so that if you're, say, cleaning out a cupboard or a a closet or something or a shelf, you can real quickly, as you pull things off, wipe it down and clean it up. So having those tools handy makes it more likely you're actually going to do something about it. Second thing I would say is, you've got your donation box that you're keeping in the room. Take it to your favorite charity as soon as it's filled. Don't wait until the whole house or even the whole room is completed. As soon as that box is full, carry it out to your car, put it in the trunk, and then drop it off the next time you run errands or send it with your teenager. I would have Sam, when I knew he was going into town, say, hey, I've got two boxes that need to go to the thrift store, take those with you and drop them off on your way. That way you have no boxes cluttering the house and you have no temptation to pull things back out of there. Just move on, get it out of the house and you're one step closer to a a more clutter-free environment. Third thing I'd say is if you can't devote a whole day to your decluttering project, and a lot of us can't, we have jobs, we have other obligations and commitments and things that we're doing, and maybe we can't spend a whole day or a whole weekend decluttering a whole room, that's okay. You can work on it a little bit at a time. You can do one room, you can do even just one drawer, one shelf, one cupboard, one part of a closet, one area, you know, one d- dresser in one of the bedrooms. Pick an area if you've got 15 minutes and spend that 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be an all day thing, but little by little you can work your way through the house and declutter things. There is more information and ideas including a step-by-step process for decluttering that we've talked about in previous episodes. For instance, episodes 14 and 16 Uh, Episode 37 and episode 163, all of those talk about decluttering. We'll put links in the show notes so you can listen to those for more ideas. So let's talk about some areas to focus on. And there are any number of areas that you could start with or that may need to be decluttered. And I'll be interested to hear kind of what your decluttering pain points are. But here are some things that I thought about as places to start that are going to have a big impact for various reasons. And the first one, of course, is your closet. To me, that's an obvious choice. I think a lot of us have more clothes than we wear or and or our closets become dumping grounds for non-clothing items that we've just tossed in there for now when we're in the middle of doing something else that's been the case for me i i think i've mentioned before i have an ongoing process to declutter and reorganize my closet i'm very fortunate that in our master bedroom we have two very large walk-in closets and so one is mine and one is mike's and Mine for quite a while became a dumping ground for uh, all the stuff that we weren't quite sure what to do with when we were say read when he was redoing our family room. There was a bunch of stuff that had to come out of there, and it got piled in in the my closet because it's you know like twelve foot by twelve foot. It's the size of of a small bedroom, and it got to the point that even as big as it was, I could barely get through, there was a path to get to my clothes. And my clothing rods were just packed with clothes, many of which I hadn't worn for ages for a lot of reasons. Some of them didn't fit me anymore. Some of them, my work uh, habits, you know, my work location has changed. I work from home now, so I don't need, uh, you know, a whole row of suits to wear. And so I've been working on decluttering that Uh, Both the clothing and all this other stuff. And I've made huge progress. I've been taking pictures and I might put up some YouTube videos about the process and a little bit of the before and after. But I think closets are a great place to start for lots of reasons. And there are benefits to getting our closet decluttered. Number one, you know, not necessarily in importance, but the one that pops to mind is we have lots of safe time because now we're not searching through lots of stuff to get to the clothes we want to wear and we spend less time deciding what to wear because we don't have as many options and we've narrowed it down to the things we really love and so there there are two areas i guess of decluttering in your closet the clothes and then the other stuff that may end up in there whether you have a walk-in closet or just a smaller one still our closets end up holding a lot of things other than just our clothes right and so, for decluttering our clothes, I think we often, and well, I would say maybe it's just me, but I know it's not just me because I've talked to some of you and I know uh, I'm not the only one that has this. We have tons of clothes, but we still wear the same few things over and over again. We wear those things because we like how they look on us, we like how they fit, they're comfortable you know, whatever reason we, we have, you know, a closet full of clothes and yet we wear the same four or five outfits pretty regularly just because we like them. So maybe it's time to narrow down what we, what we're wearing. And that kind of is behind Courtney Carver's whole, you know, 33 project of having a limited number of outfits but all things that you love. And so there are different ways that we could declutter our clothes. We could do the KonMari approach that lots of people have talked about. And I think we've mentioned in the past from Marie Kondo's uh, life-changing magic of tidying up. And her process... uh, briefly is that you take everything out of your closet you gather all your clothes from wherever they are the laundry room the guest room the the living room couch your closet your bathroom wherever they are gather everything put it all in one pile and go through those items one at a time put your hands on each item and in, in Marie Kondo's approach you ask one question does it spark joy whatever that means to you and if not then discard it. Either toss it if it's not really wearable or put it in a donation pile. And then in that system, and that KonMari approach, you whatever things you're keeping, you put back into your closet and your dresser in an organized fashion that lets you see everything. She teaches a particular way of folding clothes that when I first read about it, I thought, well, that's kind of silly, but uh, I actually, in in watching some YouTube videos about closet organization and stuff, I saw a demonstration of how to fold clothes and what a lot of people refer to as the filing method. So everything's kind of standing upright and you can see everything you have. And I gave it a try and I got to say, I kind of like it. I can open my dresser drawer and nothing is stacked on top of anything else. I can see at a glance what you know, t-shirts I have in that drawer or whatever, and grab what I want, and it stays orderly. I will share a link in the uh, the show notes for, there's a shirt folder thing that I, we have lots of t-shirts in our house. I like to wear t-shirts, and my husband has a bunch of them, my son has a bunch. And so I bought this flip folder thing for folding shirts, that I just love. I bought it from the container store, but I'll put a link in there. Uh, They're not an affiliate or anything like that. I just really like this thing. And it wasn't, it was maybe $25 and it was worth it. It makes it much easier and quicker to fold all my shirts in a uniform way so that I can file them in the drawer quickly and see what I want. So that's one approach, using that KonMari approach of, you know, does it spark joy and and all that. Another approach might be to, if you don't want to pull everything out at once because your schedule just won't permit or you just don't want to. Take 15 minutes, half an hour, however long it would takes. Go very quickly through your closet and your dresser and quickly, without spending a lot of time pondering it, pull out everything that's torn or stained, that has zippers that don't work or missing buttons, anything you see that's way out of style. Basically, things you know, you haven't worn in ages you know you're not going to wear, maybe it doesn't fit, anything that you... A quick glance, no, you could easily get rid of this and not suffer a lot of mental anguish over it. Pull those things out. Sort them quickly by toss them if they're trash because they're stained or or have holes in them or whatever. A donate pile, if there are things there that you would maybe wear, but they need to be repaired because they're missing buttons or a zipper or whatever, put those in a repair pile toss the trash, get the donation box out the door and the repair pile. If you don't get it repaired, either you yourself repair it or take it to a tailor to be repaired. If you don't get it done within a week, then discard, put it in the donation or the toss pile. And, you know, as a side thing, if you have clothing items in your closet that you bought weeks or months or even years ago that still have the tags on them, that means obviously you haven't worn them, uh, that may be something that should go in the donation pile. And I, you know, no judgment here. I, as I'm recording this, I'm thinking of a particular dress that I bought on sale years ago. It's a really cute sequin kind of cocktail dress that fit me at the time, but I didn't have an event to wear it to. I just loved it. And it was on sale for a really great price. I have never worn it and it's still hanging there. I'm going I I need to go pull that thing out and and donate it to somebody who will enjoy it. So that's the first step of this alternative approach. Just spend a very quick period of time pulling out things easily that you know you can take out of there. Then for everything that you're keeping, turn all the hangers backwards on the rod and leave them that way. And then whenever you wear something, when you put it back, put the hanger facing the right way. And pretty quickly over the period of a few weeks, you're going to see what things you actually wear. And and what, one approach would be to say that anything that's still hanging backwards after say a month, consider donating that. You, you haven't worn it, you're probably not going to wear it. Unless, of course, it's a seasonal item. If it's, you know, summer in Texas, it's 9,500 degrees, you're not going to wear a wool long sleeve wool dress or something like that during the summer and so that hanger is still going to be hanging backwards but maybe for this exercise you pull the seasonal things out and put them somewhere else set them aside and then do this exercise again d- when that season starts so you know bring out the the winter things in winter time and go through that one month exercise hang them backwards When you wear something, hang it back up facing the right way, and anything that's left still hanging backwards um, after a month is probably something you don't need to keep. So, that's just an approach to maybe decluttering some of the clothes. There are lots of other ideas that we've talked about in some of those other episodes. As far as the non clothing items that may be in your closet, sort those quickly. And again, you're going to have a pile of things you know you're going to keep, things that need to be thrown away because they're trash things that need to be donated, the things that you're going to keep, put them away immediately, put them where they belong. If you're going to keep it, it has to have a permanent home close to where it's used. Instead of cluttering up your closet and if there's no place to put it, no place that makes sense to you for a permanent home, maybe you don't actually need the item. We need to, I think, be more ruthless about this kind of stuff. It's If it's been stuffed in a closet for months unused, we probably don't need it. An example I think of is we just this past weekend went through some boxes in one of our unused bedrooms. We have a bedroom that we use very rarely. Some of our grandkids sleep in there sometimes, but there are a bunch of boxes, things that were put in there when we were revamping another area of the house. And now I want to get that stuff out of there because I want to get it redone as a, a nicer guest room. And as we were going through these boxes, I found a huge box of videos, movies in the VHS format of videos. They're great movies. Some of them was, as I was looking through them, but um, we don't have a VHS player and we haven't had one for years. And, you know, there was part of me that thought, oh, I don't want to get rid of that movie. I love that movie, but I can't watch it. We don't have any way to play it. And frankly, we can find all those movies on Amazon movies or Netflix or iTunes in a higher definition format and enjoy the movie anyway. So that box is going to the thrift store in case somebody else has a VHS player and would enjoy having these movies. At the same time, I found another box in there full of cookbooks that I've collected over the years. They were, again, pulled out of some shelves when we were redoing that area of the house, and they've sat in that box for about two years now. And the two or three cookbooks that I consult frequently are in the kitchen because I went in there and you know looked through the box and pulled them out and put them in the kitchen when I needed them. Everything else has been in there for 2 years. I keep most of my favorite recipes in an app called Paprika that's uh, on my computer. I can download recipes from from the internet and save them in paprika or type in like family recipes and things like that. And then I can use to see them on my on my iPad when I'm in the kitchen cooking. So although I spend money and time and effort collecting all these cookbooks over the year, and there's some really good ones in there. I don't use them. I don't need them. They're just taking up space. So I've offered the other cookbooks to my daughters and any they don't want are going to be donated to the thrift store. So those are some thoughts about decluttering a closet. Another area that I thought about that might be kind of a high value, quick result kind of thing to help motivate us to keep up on our decluttering efforts would be the area under the kitchen sink. I think it's often neglected. It ends up being stuffed with out-of-date products half bottles of things that, you know, that we tried, cleaning products or whatever that we tried and didn't like, old sponges that get tossed in there, empty containers, uh, any number of things that get stuffed under there uh, for now, you know, I'm using air quotes there. But that under the sink cabinet can be a pleasant, usable space with a little effort, little time, and a little decluttering. And so quickly, the process I think for that would be, first of all, just take everything out of there and look at it all. Toss immediately anything that's no longer usable. If it's dried out or, you know, gunked up because it sat down, sat under there so long, old cruddy sponges that we've saved because, well, we could still use it. I'm just, you know, treat yourself to a new sponge and throw the old icky things away. If you've got duplicates, as often happens, because we, we forget what we have stuffed in the back of that cupboard and we end up with two or three different bottles of the same thing, combine those into one bottle and throw the empties away, toss or give away any partially used products that are under there that you tried and didn't like because somebody else might like it. Once you've done that, you've sorted that stuff out, then clean it out with soapy water, your favorite cleanser, whatever. Maybe put down a shelf liner if you like that. And maybe spend a few minutes browsing Amazon or the Container Store for under-sink organizers. Just a quick search will come up with all kinds of things, and you can kind of see what would fit in your space to make it a little more functional. I've got kind of a stainless steel shelf with a little pull-out drawer where I can... Organize my uh, cleaning rags and some of the cleaning products and stuff like that. So, and it fits nicely in between the the pipes and the side of the cupboard. But you can find those, like I said, on Amazon, the Container Store, Walmart, Target, any number of places. Uh, consider using some command hooks; those self adhesive hooks that are removable that you can put a couple of those on the door to to hang frequently used items so i have uh, my um the rubber gloves my cleaning gloves hung with a clip on on the door so i can get at them easily and they they're hanging up so they can dry when i'm done using them and anyways fit it out the way you want it to paint it if you want to go crazy but then put things back the things you've decided that you're going to keep in a way that lets you easily access the things that you use frequently and don't keep anything under there that you don't use regularly. It's prime kind of convenient space and it should be reserved for those things you use in the kitchen frequently. So those are some thoughts about that. Another area that might be worth spending some time decluttering would be our kids toys, and this this can get a little sensitive. i This comes up, I thought of this because i I think I've told you I watch a lot of the uh, clean with me videos and organize with me videos on YouTube. I enjoy watching those while I'm doing other things. And I see a lot of a lot of those are done by younger women than I am who have young kids at home. And some of them, uh, you know, their their houses are lovely, and they spend a lot of time cleaning. Uh, they spent a lot of time reorganizing and cleaning toys for our kids. And it got me thinking that in conjunction with some of the toys we still have around here for our grandkids, how many toys do our kids actually need? I think, and and there's, uh, you know, everybody's answer to that maybe is going to be a little different, but my thought on it is, and always has been, if they have too many toys, they're, it's going to be hard for them to enjoy any of them. And it's certainly going to be hard to keep your house tidy if there are, you know, just toys piled everywhere. So it might be worth spending some time thinking about the toys that are there and doing some decluttering there. So starting with sorting them out, throw in the trash, any broken toys, um, toys or games with missing pieces, that sort of thing. Nobody's going to use them. They're of no value to anybody. Just toss them. And and then have a pile of for things that maybe you're going to donate. If there are toys your kids have outgrown uh, or lost interest in things that they don't use anymore, donate them either to uh, a charity store, maybe a homeless shelter, a church that has a, a daycare program. They might find a use for and enjoyment of those toys that your kids are no longer playing with. Another idea that I think is a great one, and I wish I'd. Thought of this when my kids were little is to consider rotating your toys, your the, the toys that your kids have, and in instead of finding new uh, storage solutions for your playroom or family room so you can put all the more toys on there, decide how much space. You know, public space. I guess in the in the family room or the the playroom or wherever your kids play, how much space do you want to don't? Uh, uh, allocate to toy storage and only keep that much out at any given time so have a box or something to put all the other toys in and then every few weeks rotate take some new toys out of the basket pull some off the current rotation the things that are on the shelf in the in the playroom put those away for a while and it's like your kids got a whole bunch of new toys to play with because some have been in a closet somewhere else for a while. So rotating periodically helps the toys get used, I think, more and minimizes the amount of stuff you have sitting out in public. So, you know, those are some thoughts. Develop a habit with your kids of when a new toy comes in, something old goes out. Let them choose You you got this new toy for your birthday. Let's find a toy that you don't play with as much, you don't enjoy as much, and let's choose that to donate to Goodwill or to a homeless shelter or some other charity. Help them develop that habit of when something new comes in, something old goes out, and they get the satisfaction of sharing with another child who maybe would enjoy it better. Some other things to consider... Or, an, or another area to consider cleaning and decluttering would be your medicine cabinet in the bathroom. To me, this is a health and safety issue as much as anything else. And if you're like me, a lot of times those medicine cabinets can end up kind of be a graveyard of dead medicines and that sort of thing, it's full of, of half-used cosmetics that you don't use anymore, or medicines that have expired and all that sort of thing. So again, take everything out, look at everything, toss the expired medicines in the trash and other, you know, empty containers and things like that. Wipe out the cabinet and then replace only the items that are still good, still valid, um, that you will actually use and group like items. So put, you know, cold medicines all together, other uh, ointments and things together, cosmetics together. There are lots of solutions for organizing those sorts of things in your medicine cabinet. But it's a great place to spend just a little bit of effort decluttering and sorting through. And it's something you can do in a pretty short period of time to get good results. Next area that I thought of that was really worth spending some time on would be the entryway of your home, your front porch and the, the entry area of your house. And I started thinking about this because of, of a book I'm reading called Simple Organizing, and the author's name is Melissa Michaels. I'll put a link in the show notes. I really recommend this book. There's lots of great ideas. It's a pretty short book with lots of photos and, and really good practical suggestions for organizing various areas of your home. And she talks at the beginning of the book about your front, your entryway, the the area where your guests and you come into your home. Um, she says, realize that the impression you make in the entryway sets the impression for the rest of your house. What does your entry say about your home? What feeling does it give your guests? And just as important, you and your family when you come into the entry. And so there may be two different entries. For a lot of us, there's a front door that guests come in through and then maybe a back door or garage door that the family comes in. This applies to both of those because we want our entryway to portray kind of a welcoming approach to guests coming in, but also to us and our families. And those areas can become so cluttered if stuff just gets dropped there for now, shoes and backpacks and also mail, all that sort of thing. So this would be an area that I would encourage you to take a look at with fresh eyes and go through the same process we've talked about already for some of these other areas. Look at it as if you've never seen it before what's there that maybe doesn't belong there. Take those things out, put them away where they do belong and maybe put some reorganize the things that are there. Make it a little prettier uh, and a and a more welcoming entry for guests and for your family. There are lots of other areas that we could talk about. Other other, other places to consider decluttering in your home. Maybe your linen closet, going through there if you have sheets and towels that are piled every which way and you you have more than you use and a lot of worn out ones. I think it's great to keep a few of the more worn out towels and sheets for, you know, for sheets. Old sheets can make great drop cloths if you're painting or if your kids are doing a a kind of a messy project. Uh, Old towels can be great for, you know, washing the dog or washing the car, that sort of thing. But we don't need a ton of them. So maybe a little bit of time spent in Decluttering your linen closet can make the things that you have and use regularly more accessible. Uh, You spend less time restacking things to get to the things you want. Other spaces to look at, maybe if you have a junk drawer, a lot of us have a junk drawer in our kitchen or somewhere like that. Maybe spend some time decluttering that and, and getting things out of there that don't need to be there, throwing away the trash putting things in a more permanent home and making that junk drawer a more functional station that has tools that you maybe need to get access to. Your pantry, how many duplicates of food items do you have because you you are at the grocery store and you can't remember if you have, you know, tomato sauce, so you buy some more and it turns out you've got a bunch of it in there. Um uh, reorganizing, decluttering the pantry can really save you some money and save you a lot of time. So go through it again, pull things out, remove the expired food. Maybe you've got some things that aren't expired, but you you thought you were going to cook them, but you're not. Um, Donate those to a food pantry and plan meals that will use up what you have in there and make it a more functional space by decluttering it. Same thing with a coat closet, with bookshelves. With your nightstands, those can become a landing place for all kinds of things. Cleaning those up and decluttering and reorganizing that can make your bedroom a little more restful, a little more peaceful, better place to sleep. Same thing with coffee tables and end tables in your living room or your family room. I've said before, I love coffee tables, end tables, things like that with drawers so they can double as storage, but honestly, Uh, they can get filled with random stuff that just gets stuffed in there maybe because you've got company coming over. So taking a little bit of time to go through there and pull out the trash, put things back where they belong, make that space tidy and decluttered and more usable. And finally, the other thought I had was maybe we can spend a little time decluttering our purse or our briefcase or backpack, whatever we carry. Uh, Again, a place that can get filled with random stuff that makes it heavier, makes it less useful because you have to dig through all that stuff to find the things you actually use. So you can make your life better by decluttering your purse, by decluttering any of these areas. It's going to, you're going to get the benefits of a more clutter-free, usable, pleasant home and workspace. Now, do you need to declutter? That's that's a question. Uh, there's no, I don't think there's an objective standard for what's too cluttered. What, you know, one person's clutter is another person's, um, you know, cozy. And so really you need to ask yourself, are you happy with your space? Are you at peace mm-hmm. in it? If you are, then it's fine. And I love this. There was an article I read uh, called Declutter Your Life for Less Stress and Better, Better Mental Health. And I, again, I'll link f- to that in the show notes. And they quoted Julie Morgenstern, who's an organization expert who's written several really good books One uh, that I own and read years ago, one of them called Organizing from the Inside Out. And they were paraphrasing her in this article. And they said, if you can find what you need when you need it, are happy in your space and don't feel like your clutter is getting in your way, then you are sufficiently well-organized. So I am not telling you that you need to go throw stuff away. I'm saying if you're not feeling at peace in your space, if you feel a little you know, stressed and hectic when you're at home, maybe some decluttering would help with that. It's all about making sure that your space is functional for you, a peaceful refuge for you and not a source of stress. So these are some thoughts that I have, but what do you think? Is there a, a clutter sore spot in your house? What steps are you taking to declutter and improve that area so that your life will be less stressful and better? I'd love to hear your thoughts on what works for you and you know, what areas you may be working on. You can share your questions, your comments, your thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 203. And again, that's theproductivewoman.com slash 203. Or you can always post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you are in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, You can certainly bring it up there. We can continue the conversation there. And if you're a woman who listens to this podcast and is not in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, I would love to invite you to join us there. We have some great conversations going on there. Uh, The Productive Woman Book Club is, we're, we're discussing right now our read for August of 2018. As this episode is going live, we're, we're working our way through that book. And all the information about that is in that group. So if you're a woman, sorry, guys, I like men, I'm married to one and I've raised three and I have four male grandsons. But the Productive Woman Community Facebook group is for the women who listens to listen to the podcast. And if you want to, if you want to be in the group, join us there. You can search for it in Facebook, or you can just go to productivewoman.com slash group, click on the join button, be sure to answer the, there's a couple questions just so that I know you're a real person. And I would love to invite you to join us there to continue this conversation and the others that are going on there. Uh, if you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at the Productivewoman.com, and I would love to hear from you. Uh, Before we go, a quick comment about our sponsor, our other sponsor for this episode, Text Expander. I recently got a new laptop, and one of the first apps I installed on it is Text Expander. It is that essential to my work and to my productivity. What Text Expander does, in case you don't know, if maybe you're new to the show and you haven't heard me talk about it before, it lets you create snippets for things that you type. Or copy and paste frequently. And a s- snippet is just nothing more than an abbreviation, basically, that you create something you can remember, a few characters that you can type quickly, and that will automatically expand into longer bits of text. And they can be anything from short things to long things. So I have snippets for today's date, a couple different formats, depending on where I'm using it, that I just type a couple characters and it pops in the date. I don't have to look at my calendar and remind myself what day it is. It just automatically knows and expands it and puts it where I need it to be. I have snippets for email addresses that I use regularly. I can type three characters and it will automatically expand into the full email address with no chance of a typo, which is a a great thing when you're working quickly And you know you can have a typo even in something you know very well. But you can also create snippets for longer things that you type and use regularly. So, for instance, if you type up a proposals. For work projects or other business purposes that have a lot of the same text, instead of retyping it or copying and pasting, you can create a snippet that uh, allows you to type just a few characters and then watch it expand into the formatted text that you need for your proposal. So many uses for it. It's available on Mac, iOS and Windows based devices. And there are more uses for it than I can describe here. But if you visit textexpander.com slash podcast, there are they have tutorial videos and all kinds of resources there on the website. And if you use that that URL, textexpander.com slash podcast. Not only can you learn more about how great Text Expander is and how to use it, but you'll get 20% off your first year of Text Expander. So that's textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year and be sure to choose the productive woman from their how did you hear about us question so they'll know that I sent you. And as a quick reminder, if you've got a goal to learn a new language or brush up on a language you've studied before, visit Babbel.com and use offer code TPW to get 50% off your first three months. That's Babbel and it's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Offer code TPW for 50% off your first three months. Thank you so much to Babbel and Text Expander for supporting the Productive Woman and helping me bring this free content to you. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you found something in it that's helpful to you. I would love to hear your feedback and your ideas on decluttering. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. And go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.